Are you tired of not having control of your money? Like, instead of feeling like you tell your money what to do, you feel like your money is telling you what to do? Maybe you're in a relationship and you're just tired of fighting about money. Or maybe you're just sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Well, today, we're gonna talk about how to take control of your money. And don't worry, we're not gonna be going into budgets or spreadsheets or anything like that. We're just gonna talk about one simple principle that we find in a parable from Jesus. We find this parable in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, starting in verse one. Here's how it goes. It says, Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. So basically the rich man is saying, look, you're going to waste my possessions. You're not going to be my manager anymore. So Jesus continues, the manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he comes up with a plan and Jesus continues in verse five. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. So he literally slashes his bill in half. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. So he told him, take your bill and make it 800. So if you haven't heard this parable before, you can imagine what's about to happen when the master finds out what this manager has been doing. But this shows the brilliance of Jesus as he tells parables, because check out how Jesus finishes this parable in verse eight. Jesus says, the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. <laughs> Wait, what? Jesus, what did you say? The master commended the dishonest manager? I mean, did he just make the hero of the story the dishonest manager? Is he commending dishonesty? Well, this is what made Jesus a master storyteller. Because in, in so many of his stories, there's, there's a plot twist. There's, there's an element of surprise. There's, there's something that makes these, his stories sticky. And so his parables were unforgettable. But what's important to note here is that the, the master did not commend the dishonest manager because he was dishonest. He commended him. Why? Because he had acted shrewdly. Now, this is actually the key to taking control of our money. It's acting shrewdly. Now, what does it mean to act shrewdly? Well, let's look back at verses three and four, because that's really where we see the answer. And that's where we get the key to taking control of our money. So back in verse three in the parable, the manager says, about to lose his job, he says, what shall I do now? That is a great question. With those five words, this is the beginning of shrewdness. This, this is actually the question to help you take control of your money. What shall I do now? And the key word there is the word now. What shall I do right now? And then in verse four, he says this, I know what I'll do 
so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. What he's saying there is, I know what I'll do now so that later I'll be okay. So this, this is shrewdness. This is what it looks like to take control of your money. Shrewdness is about making a plan. It's about thinking ahead. And this really, if you want to take control of your money, here's the key question from this parable. What do I do now that will make a difference later? Let me say that again. What do I do now that will make a difference later? So let me ask you, do you have a plan for your money now that will make a difference later? That is shrewdness. That is how you take control of your money. Now, I just want to say to you, if just even that question, do you have a plan for your money? If that is like overwhelming to you and your mind starts spinning with like credit card debt and investments and budgets and all kinds of stuff, um, I, I just want to reassure you, okay? Um, I am going to help you. At the end of this message, I'm going to share a, a great resource with you. But for now, let's just lean into this one simple principle. What do I do now that will make a difference later? So in part one of our series, Finding Balance, we talked about how do you take back your time? And the key principle there was we said, you know, You've got to ask the question, what's most important? And we saw Jesus basically saying no to a good thing to say yes to a God thing. And so we talked about if if this jar represents a day in your life, these big rocks represent the most important things that you need to do in your day. You've got to ask what are those things and make sure you prioritize them or else these little pebbles that represent all the lesser important things in your day, what's going to happen is that they're just going to happen. Without you being intentional, all these things are just going to start to come at you. Well, the same principle that applies with our time applies with our finances as well. You see, if we're not really intentional about what are the big rocks, what are the things that we need to do with our money now that's going to make a difference later, then what's, what ends up happening is just all the other stuff with our money, it just happens. And before you know it, the big things haven't happened. We're out of balance and we find that we're not in control of our money. So what we have to do is we have to decide what's the most important thing that we need to do with our money. What do we need to do now that's going to make a difference later? And I want to tell you that when it comes to the Christian life, okay, when we look at it biblically, I'm going to give you three priorities. And here they are. Give, save, live. Let me say that again. Give, save, And then finally, it's live off the rest. All of these little pebbles, they'll just happen after we've done the giving and the saving. So I was reading a book not too long ago called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. And the biggest takeaway for me in the book was Twyla explaining why habits are habits. And she said that the reason something is a habit for you is because it's no longer a decision. She said, for example, when you wake up in the morning, you don't actually have to decide whether or not you're going to the bathroom. You just go to the bathroom. 
You know, you don't wake up and say, should I brush my teeth today? No, you just brush your teeth. Well, at least I, I hope you brush your teeth. And if you're a coffee drinker, you don't sit there and go, should I make myself a cup of coffee today? No, 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 no. There's no decision there. You've, you've pre-decided that you're going to do that. It's a habit. You don't even have to think about it. Now, when it comes to our finances, the principle is so similar. We've got to establish certain habits. So for me, many, many years ago, I decided that I was going to give a certain percentage of my income away. There were causes, charities, there were things that I wanted to do in this world. I wanted to make a difference. And so what I did was I automated my giving. It was one of the first things that would happen in the month. Money would go out to give to the things that I believed in. In a similar way, I decided that I was going to save a certain percentage of my income for retirement, right? When I can no longer work, I want to make sure I have some money to be able to live off of. And then when my kids came along, I decided, you know what, there's going to be a certain percentage of my income that was going to go for my kids' college funds. And so here's the beautiful thing. Once you just make those decisions, when you pre-decide your priorities, then it's, it's no longer something that you have to consider, you have to think about. And this is what's awesome about being able to automate things in this day and age. You don't ever have to even think about it. It's just going to happen. And then with all the rest, right? Because we give, we save, and we live off the rest. When all the other stuff just starts to happen, check this out. This is so beautiful. This is shrewdness. This is finding balance. This is taking control of your money. Do you notice that the big rocks, the most important things, they haven't moved. They haven't changed. See, we decide now what's gonna make a difference later and we make sure to prioritize and make sure that that stuff happens. So here's the question for you. Ask yourself this, what do I do with my money now that will make a difference later. So let me tell you why this is so important. So Jesus continues and he explains this parable. He talks about why it's so important to be shrewd when it comes to our money. He says, continuing in verse 8, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Now, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that the people of this world, and he's referencing the average person, not talking about a follower of Jesus. He's talking about the average person walking around on this planet. He's saying this person who's not necessarily thinking deep or thinking about how they can have this major impact on the world or be a blessing in the world. He's saying that that average person is more shrewd than the person of the light, the, the person who is the follower of Jesus. And so the takeaway here is how much more shrewd do, should we be as followers of Jesus? We are trying to impact this world. We are trying to be a blessing. How much more strategic should we be when it comes to our finances to impact this world and to make a difference? He continues. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So Jesus is saying, okay, so 
this worldly wealth, right? Finite, limited, temporary resources. You're to use them to make an eternal impact. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't fully understand what Jesus is saying here. I mean, how can you take something that is temporary and limited, as Jesus has just said in this verse, when it's gone, right? You can't take it with you. It's going to be gone. How can you take something that's temporary and use it to have an eternal impact? It's going to impact all eternity. Like, I don't think any of us, this side of heaven, can possibly understand exactly what Jesus is getting at there. But here's what I do know. Anybody who can successfully predict and pull off their own death and resurrection, they deserve to be heard. Okay? I mean, if someone you know has risen from the dead... That is good reason to trust what they're saying. So Jesus here says, look, you can use your temporary resources for eternal impact. It's all just about trusting what Jesus says because he's proven himself trustworthy through his resurrection that he can be trusted with what he says. So if he says that what I do with my temporary resources can have an eternal impact, I'm just going to trust what he says because he proved that to me through his resurrection from the cross. Now, the way that we do this is by asking this question, what can I do now? to make a difference later. That's how we're shrewd. That's how we take control of our money. What can I do now to make a difference later? Now, if you're saying, hey, Derek, you know, that's really great. I love this principle. I'm actually excited. I'm ready to do something today to make a difference tomorrow. But the problem maybe that you're facing right now or you're struggling with is that you're like, yeah, I, I want to do this. I, I want to do something today, but but if I'm going to be honest with myself, Derek, I know that that I need some help with this. I need some structure. I, I need some accountability. I don't want to do this alone. And if that's you, if you're ready to do something now that will make a difference later when it comes to your finances, I want to share a resource with you. Check this out. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Are you really going to make the hard choices to change your life? We had 40000 in student loans, uh-huh. 17000 in cars. I owned a rental property. We in had a line of credit, just stuff. We had 16 credit cards. The proverb says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes. We paid off $83,000. Wow! When desire comes. $144,000. When desire comes. $450,000 in the last seven years. Wow! It is the tree of life. God says this is how you get out of debt. You gotta run, 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 There is no doubt that this process called Financial Peace University works. The only question is whether you're going to be involved. And so if you haven't signed up yet, now is the time. If you want to take control of your money, I cannot encourage you enough to sign up for Financial Peace University. And I, I just have to say, on a, on a personal note, 
Um, when, when Becky and I, when we went through Financial Peace University years and years and years ago, it stopped all of our money fights, all of them, because it, it got us on the same page. We, we established a plan and, and really it, it got us in control of our money. Um, it, it's fantastic. And, and here's how you do it. You go to trygrace.org slash groups. I encourage you, if you're feeling, yes, I want to do something. I want to do something now that will make a difference later. Go right now. Trygrace.org slash groups. Sign up for Financial Peace University. Now, um, if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, you know, money's not really my issue. You know, I, I feel like I'm pretty shrewd with my money. I feel good about this principle. This was a great refresher. I want to tell you, there's another way to be shrewd here. And that is to be shrewd with your relationships. I want to ask you, are you in a community group? Do you have people in your life who are coming alongside of you and are encouraging you in your spiritual journey? Because you see, we're not just signing up for Financial Peace University today. We're signing up for all types of community groups. And so I want to encourage you, be relationally shrewd as well. You can go to trygrace.org slash groups right now and find a group where you'll be encouraged in your faith journey. Please do that today. Let me pray for you. God, um, Many of us, we, we need help with our finances. God, we're, we're tired of our money telling us what to do. We're ready to tell our money what to do. Uh, Lord, please show each of us what do we need to do now to make a difference later, whether that's financially, for some of us, um, that's, that's relationally, that's a different sort of a way. But Lord, when, when we get a sense of what you're telling us to do right now, I pray that you'd also give us the courage to go and do it. In Christ's name, amen.